Hello, welcome to episode number 228 of the Applog Podcast. I am your host, Simon Head. Today's podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp.com. Get affordable private online counseling anytime, anywhere. You can talk with a licensed professional therapist online today. It's as easy as going to the internets and click on a link and get therapied up, people. You can get a seven-day free trial by going to betterhelp.com slash Applog and enter the code word Applog when you do get that seven-day free trial. Thanks, everybody, for shopping on Amazon. You can support the show by going to applelog.ca slash Amazon or applelog.ca slash US Amazon. You can do it the old-fashioned way, too, by going to applelog.ca and click on those banners located on the right side. Locate your country, whether you're from Canada, United States, or the UK, and bookmark those links. And every time you shop on Amazon, you will be supporting the show by using those links. Book them. Book them. Book <laughs> like, book them, Daniel. Yeah, bookmark them. And it costs you no extra money. Thanks, everybody, for helping me out on Patreon. You can become a patron by going to patreon.com slash You can pledge as much or as little as you want on a monthly basis to help with hosting and gas fees, and you can cancel at any time. Go buy a t-shirt by going to applelog.ca. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes. Give it five stars, please. Like the show on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash pod And follow me on Twitter at SimonHead666. One more thing before I go want everybody to help me out with my Ride to Conquer Cancer bicycle ride I'm doing in June. It's a 220-kilometer ride starting from Toronto, and, and over two days, I'll end up at Niagara Falls. It's a long ride, and it's also it's to support cancer. It's not support cancer, but it's to support the research in curing cancer. So you'd be doing your best, and you'd be helping me out and sponsor my ride. It'll be in the description of this podcast. Thank you so much. Whoever has done it so far, I really appreciate it. And I'm almost there. I'm about 71% of, of my goal of $2,500. Thank you, everybody who has pledged thus far. Today on the show, I have a very, very dear old friend, Mr. Jeremy Dove, who we go back to the early 90s where Jeremy played in a band called Yet Another Posse. He then joined another band called Bad Blood, and he's been in bands, and he's done all sorts of neat things. He's an IT guy now, and he is working out of his house, which is, to me, it's kind of the dream. He's a very dear old friend, and I love the guy like he's my brother, Mr. Jeremy Dove, on the Outlaw Podcast. Did you watch Game of Thrones? Uh, I was going to say, what the? My brain was completely exploding. Okay, so we're both just coming out of this right yeah. now at the same time? Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. Good. We're both in the same place then. And I'm not like the... Like, I watched it all, and I the thing that confused me the most is that the books, um, for the first three seasons, the books confused me more than the show, so therefore I complicated the season, the show. Does that make sense? Uh, I don't think I'm I'm following your well, train of thought here. I got see, I got like I said, I was trying to give, get give me an example. I'm trying to get caught up in the books, mm-hmm. and what was different from the books? There was different stuff happening in the show than what was happening yeah, in the books. Yeah, 
so I was just getting confused. So yeah, you have you have to let go of that. You have to, I mean, you you can compare them, right? But you have to stop trying to keep track of it because, <laughs> uh, like, it's impossible. They 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 pull sections out of the books and they put them in different orders in the TV show, and they you know they pick and choose what's right for the TV show yeah. from the book, and it's um like you know you can go online and you can like see people have documented the exact differences um but um that's like some serious heavy nerd time investment <laughs> yeah uh, i've been listening to a podcast the uh, jay and jack um and nick uh the jay and jack uh, show is the guys that did the lost podcast like early like early podcasts about lost right. Um, right, right. And they did one season of Game of Thrones and realized they didn't know anything about it. So they got this guy who's like a Game of Thrones super nerd um, right. to come in on the show. And it's to me, it just it sort of it does it breaks it down for me because I do need like I feel like a dumb dumb head when I'm like trying to. I don't even remember half the people's names because there's too many yep. people. <laughs> yep. Uh, same with me. Like I'm I'm not a super nerd, but I I've, I've read the books um, and I I enjoy them and I prefer them. Uh, but I'm constantly having to do extra research in order to be able to discuss Game of Thrones or review it intelligently. Mm -hmm. Like I'm constantly on YouTube watching like the real Game of Thrones nerds uh, <laughs> YouTube videos. Um, and and that's invaluable. Like YouTube is so great. Like, yeah. like I could I could just I could live with nothing else but YouTube now. I think I could just I could give up television probably movies mm -hmm. probably the re and probably the rest of the internet is what I mean. Like it's yep. all it's all there on YouTube now. They have a, a really cool tutorial system on how to play piano. My daughter has been taking up piano using YouTube. Mm -hmm. And I can't describe the thousands of dollars my parents spent on piano right. lessons. Right. That this is completely... And the fact is the learning way is by sight rather than by theory. So when mm -hmm. you're learning music, you're learning it by you're using your ears and you're using your eyes to you know determine what notes to play. And right. she can play like songs and you know Everett right. the same my son he, he learned to play the guitar using youtube and it's you're right it's invaluable you know it, it's it all it's like walmart for um content yeah. i feel like though i feel like I've, i'm always thinking about what damage has this done like what industries has this wiped out yeah like you were saying guitar lessons right yeah like that used to be an industry that is pretty much it's all free on youtube now why would you bother paying anymore yeah and there's an interesting concept of like I tried to do an online store, uh, online um, thing for teachers to sort of join together and become like a online teaching hub, and it didn't 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 happen. Like no one got into it. No one, you know, and that was like five or six years ago. But because there is YouTube, there's things like that that can right. kind of like yeah, it is. It's it's not the Walmart. It's the Home Depot. Because uh, right. home, home Depot's with all the contractors that have to go work at Home Depot because their mom and pop shop was closed down. It's a sad story, right. but right, but right. always an interesting visit when you go buy a tool. But I, at the same time, like the power of YouTube um, for creators is such an amazing thing to watch. Like I'm, I'm always so amazed by some of the people who are super successful on YouTube. You can tell they're just they're probably like broken people in real life, yeah. like. And like they just they just have this one magical thing that has allowed them to to um, just become something greater um, it, with, the, with just the, the power of direct creation, which I know like as like I was like an isolated child, but a creative child. Yeah. And yeah. Um, 
Man, if I had the toolbox that kids today had when I was a kid, I can't even imagine. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're, when you say that, there's true because YouTube is that sort of like it's completely opposite to what the record industry was. It's it's like the cream rises to the top, and when you yeah. are when you are good, people people associate yourself right. themselves with you, and they will then become and follow you, and then it, completely when it, democratic. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's the good part of it. The bad part of it is that everybody can have a YouTube channel. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't know if that's bad. I don't know if that's bad. Yeah. I, I, I mean, there's a lot of garbage out there and you got to be careful. You got to be a discerning YouTube viewer for sure. Yeah. Uh, um, because there's a lot of people just on there taking advantage of people. There's just a lot of people just, just telling lies and presenting it as fact. Yeah. Um, and, and just, you know, and the, and the only goal is to get more clicks um, and to get more likes because that they, that's monetized directly. Like it's a direct cash relationship to yeah. if I get you to click like on my video, I make more money directly from that. So yeah. like what I like, there are guys out there who will just like, I will fucking say anything that I'm mm -hmm. allowed to say. That's not going to get me arrested. And that's going to get me more likes and clicks and get me paid. And there are guys who are buying houses based on that. And there are like guys who are super rich just because they figured out like I am good at uh, triggering people like I am good at saying the thing that is gonna really upset enough people that like even when they click dislike on your YouTube video mm -hmm. you make more money from that right you succeed from that mm -hmm. that's success so um like it's an evil place at the same like it's it's whatever you want to be it's open source it's like yeah it's a it's a really human kind of thing I think yeah yeah and YouTube also does a um they, the, the, my least favorite one is the one that takes news and then says, hey, here's some news that I saw. And it's news that already happened on another channel that they'll yeah. then narrate over them themselves about it. And you're like, really? Dude, you're not even trying now. You're not Dude, even like, yeah, no, like I see that you're right. There are guys with like a half a million followers <laughs> and all they do is play news clips and comment on them. Right. Um, yeah. And they're and um, you, they're almost like a TMZ of 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 YouTube. Um, where they just like they'll just YouTube has like a snake eating its tail kind of thing <laughs> happening now where like there are YouTubers who just comment on other YouTubers. Yeah. Yeah. And and you get successful that way because you're you're putting the famous YouTubers names in your headlines. So that's putting you that's putting you into the algorithm and giving you preferential treatment. Yeah. And it's it's just it's just like kids sitting figuring out uh, the, the YouTube algorithm and how to manipulate it to get more clicks and make more money. But if you're on there, like looking for truth <laughs> or yeah. like to learn something like, and you're not aware of that, like you're in danger. And that's yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, there, I read the statistic somewhere, maybe I'm botching it, but for every actual minute of time, there's something like three hours of content uploaded to YouTube every minute wow. of time. So you're like, there's no way you could even, even try to watch obviously everything that's on coming up on YouTube in one minute. It's insane, but it, here we are. I used to, I used to play a game with myself when I first started becoming aware of YouTube, like 10 years ago, I used to play a game when I was bored and I was just alone with my phone where I, I would try to think of the most ridiculous nonsensical thing that I could think of, but it had to have like a noun and a verb and it had to be like an actual make sense as a sentence and then put it into YouTube as a search to see if there was a video with that exact description. <laughs> and amazing. I never failed. I never failed. I would pick like, like, I don't like, like man with pink beard on unicycle holding umbrella. <laughs> and, and every time, like I would like, like, like a Mad Libs game with YouTube, I'd play with myself. Um, <laughs> it really is astounding. It's like, it's a true, like hive mind, like burgeoning, like, like hive mind, like like 
uh, Black Mirror kind of kind of thing that's happening in our reality. It's like like the sum total of human knowledge, and now almost the sum total of human experience is all being recorded and freely accessed by all, any of us anytime. Yeah, no, and that's when they do it live now, like the whole thing when they have Periscope and they have YouTube uh, Live and, and Hangouts, and it's bringing a real-time feeling to the whole thing. My whole f- wish is one day is that they'd have like a outward-facing YouTube Live rather than inward-facing camera, you know? So when you're actually doing YouTube Live, you're not allowed to use the face camera. You have to shoot outwards. Right, you know, can that way you yeah, can capture things. Yeah, right. yeah, show the yeah, show what's going on because when when document. Peri- yeah, absolutely. When Periscope first came out, um, I was watching like the like riots in Greece for Syrian refugees, and it was like this is real news. This is what's happening right, right now. There's no agenda. There's no side. It's just somebody right. actually showing what's happening right now. And right. I really appreciated that because you're actually That's someone's awesome. telling stories and they're telling news, and it's a whole different way to actually get the news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, That's awesome. Yeah, I know. Hey, man, how you been? <laughs> good, 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 good. I haven't yeah, talked to you in a very long time. I think right the last time I think I saw you was in a subway, uh, subway, really? uh, subway stop at Unionville or something. Yeah. I don't even recall. Uh, um, yeah. I ran into you in the middle of like, in the middle of like, Hey, there you are, and we were there, and then uh-huh. then that's the last time I saw you, and then Facebook and came I, out. I could have been in the middle of any of my different virtual um, many lives at that point, so I wouldn't even guess if I was on my way to college or on my way to my forklift job or whatever wherever I was on my way to at that moment. Yeah, yeah. So you are, we are old friends. Like we've been friends. Like it's funny to think we've been friends for over twenty years. Yeah, it is funny. How old we are, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's pretty crazy. I yeah. um I have a lot of fond memories because, you know, when I was just starting to record bands, there was yet another posse and you were in it and there was always, mm-hmm. you know, we recorded some yep. music and had some fun yep. and some laughs and yep. being like 20 years old and being in the music and it was a different time, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And as, mm-hmm. as we get old to be old people, we start realizing, hey, that's kind of cool. That was a good time in our lives. Yep. Yeah, for sure. I remember when you first started your podcast, um, uh, I, or, you know, when I first became aware of it, like I saw you talking about it online or whatever. Um, I was like, oh, Simon is doing this thing that I kind of, I kind of always wandered around this in my mind, this <laughs> idea that, that kind of our group of friends kind of, cause we're kind of plugged into like a Toronto local music scene for like a decade or a decade and a half there. Right. But, you know, we kind of have this collection of fun stories from that time that like they're popular enough that, you know, in our group of friends, they're kind of infamous, but they, but we never got like quite popular enough that they're like famous stories, but they're still <laughs> like, but they're still like a, like a, a wealth of content that's kind of unmined, like a, a, uh, untold stories. And I always thought like, I would like to make like a documentary <clears throat> um, with, like, and like just pick like, half a dozen of our friends and just yeah. you know, talk about their life stories. Um, and I feel like your podcast kind of is hitting on a lot of, uh, on a lot of that. And uh, um, at first I was trepidatious about it. Like, uh, like, I don't know if you're aware, like I, it's been a long time, but like, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of on the outs with a lot of people from our past. Like I'm kind of, I kind of feel like a pariah almost <laughs> uh, in our group. Um uh, so, like, I was kind of afraid of it, kind of a little bit stressed out by it at, at first, because I thought, I thought this is going to be one of those things where it's like, 
um, you know, X person and X person and X person and X person are all going to be involved and they're going to have a great time and I'm going to be left out and I'm going to feel like. Oh, no. <laughs> and man. then you invited me on and I was so happy. Yeah. I'm so happy that you invited me on. No. Yeah. And so um, <laughs> when you did um, to prepare for your show, like I work overnights, I work alone. Uh, I should tell you this. I work from home. I'm an IT guy yeah. um, and I work overnights. So I'm like alone in my basement overnight working every night. So usually I'm sitting here with MSNBC on on a loop all night long while I'm working. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so one night I, I went to your podcast page and I, I went to your archive page and holy crap, you have a lot of episodes. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I've been blissfully unaware. I apologize. For that. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit weird. I'm just because of my weirdness. I explained that. Um, yeah. um, but okay. So you had like, uh, like 250 episodes or something. something yeah. Like something like you're 228 right now. So, right. so, two, yeah, so two. like, I'm looking at a page of your podcasts and there's like a hundred of them on the page and I start counting the names of the people you've interviewed who are on my Facebook friends list. <laughs> yeah. That's my, that's my, that's my mind, man. I go mining yeah. on Facebook for friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and there were 10. Yeah. Oh, uh, wow. on that, on that, on that one page of oh, 100. Yeah. 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 So, um, I listened to five of them. I listened to five hours of your podcast while I was working and it was like, I checked in with five old friends who I haven't talked to in a decade yeah. and I just heard them talking to you and you guys were telling the stories that I was expecting you to be telling. <laughs> and, um, like everybody sounded exactly the same and it, it felt like a black mirror moment, honestly. Like, really? Yeah. yeah, like here I am alone in my basement in the middle of the night, alone with your podcast, and it's it's just this like um this collection of of my memories, right? And yeah. it's and it's and it's just I didn't put it there, like it's just there. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Like, that's true. It's this cool futuristic kind of experience that we wouldn't have ever had, right? Yeah, yeah, and you know, <laughs> it's with circles of friends too. They all have a similar type of the the, the same story will have a different. Um, twist to it you know so if i told a story yeah. back from 20 years ago that say for instance we were like in bill's basement uh on new year's and i don't yeah. think i i think i almost pissed myself laughing when we realized that um the michael jackson man in the mirror song at the end was talking about like breaking up a dollar because make the change right right, right, right. <laughs> and i i still like hold that so close to me because it's like you know like Two, yeah. you know, two quarters and a nickel yeah. and two dimes. It was like it was yeah. like one of those moments. Like, oh my god, that's that's moments that you can I can never forget because it was one, some of the most fun times of my life, you know. And yeah, and you know, when it comes to stories, there's other people who have a similar idea and story that it's almost like a franchise. Like someone could do a podcast with all their group of friends from say Burlington and do the same thing, and then we could all yeah Perfect. get together yeah. and have like this weird. Like and there's going to be connections, right? Like yeah. there's going to be some of your friends in their podcast. And there's going to be some of their friends in your podcast, yeah. right? And there's going to be this Venn diagram that where we're just all connected, like kind of like we were talking about earlier on YouTube. It's like it's kind of a similar thing. It's like um, the fact that everybody has a podcast now. I feel like uh, we we remind me of like when I was a kid. I I was aware like there, there was like a, a sect of middle aged men with ham radios in their basement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who just yeah. like just like sat talking about like ufo sightings or, or and yeah. shit with each other on yeah. their ham radios yeah. <laughs> and big, i feel like that's what our podcasts are the big um, antenna yeah the only we don't have that big monster antenna uh in the backyard yeah. that's a tell giveaway that uh that you have a ham radio <laughs> right 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 well the th i mean i love podcasts because it is it's it's 
it's real people telling really real stories and yeah and some people come on the show to sort of because it's like i have a few publicist friends that sort of say hey do you want to interview these people that you don't know and there's like a 50 50 chance that i'm going to get along with a person who i've never met before Right, but there's a hundred percent chance that I'm going to meet up with somebody who I've known for 25 years and go, "Oh my yeah. God, this is just like, yeah, we're best friends from years ago." And yeah. and it's and it's uh it's powerful, and that's what I yeah. I'm someone someone sort of said that we need to tell more stories. You know, there needs to be more right. stories told stories told to bring more because what's happening with society is that everything's moving so fast that you got to mm-hmm. kind of stop for a second and go, "Wait a second, there's." There's something to be told here. There's you know, there's something to remember and there's something who became right. you know, because we all have that twenty year old in us or that person in us that um became men. Like we became men and yeah. then and then we were you know what I mean? Because we were children. I mean, like when I first met you, I was a child. Yes. I was twenty years yes. old, you know. Yes. Yes. And th- that's that's astounding to me, uh, when I think about it is is the fact that we were children and we we had such freedom and such independence and such control over our own lives. Mm-hmm. And should we have like, <laughs> do I regret that? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I do sometimes it's, it's kind of scary. Like I, I got, when I think about my own son, when he's 18, I, I think about him like doing some of the shit that I do, making some of the decisions that I made. Like, uh, wow. I don't mm-hmm. know. Uh, but I, 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 before we move too far away, when we were talking about like stories, um, uh, that I was expecting to hear and that I did hear. The one that I was thinking of specifically was the uh, Bill's Basement again uh, recording. Uh, oh, the we demos. Recording the Another Posse demo, which uh, we ended up uh, naming the Doom Room uh, demo. Yeah. Because uh, that was the room that we played Doom in, the, the video game, <laughs> yeah. uh, where, where we had set up the controls. Uh, and um, and you were telling the story of how you, you made G Money take his pants off while he was recording. Oh, that was Bill's idea. Yeah, Bill was yeah. like, "Hey, we're getting a rub on the snare, and I think you got to take your pants off." And you hear him put yeah, the yeah. sticks on the snare, like, "Oh, he's like, he was like what? <laughs> oh, really?" Guys. And then you hear, and then you hear him sigh. You hear, oh, and then you hear him zip and taking off his pants. <laughs> because the joke was, we told him that his baggy because he always wore baggy shorts, and the joke was. <laughs> The, his baggy shorts were making noise that was come, pick, being picked up on the microphones, <laughs> yeah. and it was it was ruining his kick drum sound. So yeah, uh, yeah. And the other thing is, I locked the keys in my van that night too, so I had yeah. to call a locksmith to come break into my van because it was it was an old food services van, so it actually was theft proof. So it had these mm-hmm. extra bars in the door, so you couldn't just jimmy the lock. And this mm-hmm. guy had to make a key for me. Oh, I remember that. That was that was pretty heavy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, yeah. You know, and then we ended up recording up at my house did vocals and we recorded at metalworks and that was sort of like the beginning of like major labels kind of come sniffing around for you guys right That's right yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah yet another posse we had a little bit of um we had a few nibbles i guess you would say um we ended up signing a, a publishing deal with warner chapel interscope publishing um Ah oh, man, uh, I haven't thought about these these details in so long. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stumble and stammer a little bit uh, <laughs> trying to remember it all. But um, the A and R guy, uh, or the guy who signed us to the publishing deal, um, was the was the same guy who ended up signing Limp Biscuit um, to the same company. And uh, that like yet another posse was a rap metal band. We were kind of uh, a Limp Biscuity sounding band before Limp Biscuit, but. Um, 
you know, we signed a publishing deal with them and they promised us that they were going to get assigned to uh, Interscope Records, uh, get us a full record deal. Um, and if not Interscope Records, uh, they couldn't believe it, if that would be possible because we were so amazing that they knew that Interscope Records were going to want us right away. But, you know, if um, if Interscope Records passed on us for some crazy fluke chance that that happened, they were sure that another major label was going to want us right away because we were so amazing and we were the future and all that. Um, you know, and they 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 did. Uh, sign us a deal and they did give us a little bit of money to do record a demo and um we did I a whole that, album <laughs> yeah we had we had we recorded a whole album with that tiny demo budget which i think was supposed to be for one song um yeah <laughs> we were like fuck that this is the most money we've ever seen yeah so um we're just we're just gonna go get simon and and go <laughs> record a whole album with it thanks and then and then if this whole thing falls apart we'll have an album to release that will really yeah that will be we'll be stoked on um that somebody else paid for um so we thought we were geniuses, and this was uh, <clears throat> this was our genius plan. Um, we we made some some fucked up business decisions, man. Uh, like there's some stuff that I regret, man. Like, you know, it, on the on the odd chance that Jeff Shorthouse listens to this, uh, we're friends now, thank God. But mm -hmm. um, I really think we we did him wrong, and I you know I haven't really talked to the guys about this. I hope they don't listen to this and get upset. Mm -hmm. um, because I'm not blaming anybody. Uh, I take responsibility for this as much as anybody else. Um, but I really think we made a bad decision to uh, to fire Jeff right before we signed the deal, so that we wouldn't have to like share profits with him from our mm. from our fucking like it was such a just a gross fucking thing, and it kind of pulled the identity of the band out, in my opinion. Like the band was never the same after Jeff wasn't there. Mm -hmm. He was uh, he was an essential piece of the DNA of the personality of that band. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And I was really sorry. Go ahead. I was really pushing the whole creative thing to change too much. I was like trying to go in that angry, darker, moody direction. And and when I came on board, they were really like a fun, happy, just party thing. And um, I really wanted that. Like I was just a I was a fucked up guy. My parents just died, and I was like really just going through it. And I wanted to express that artistically. And I really pulled the band in that direction. And then jettisoning Jeff at the same time, it really just changed it too much. And I really just think we weren't the same band after that. And you know, with all the business shit that went wrong, and we, you know, I feel like we we kind of got fucked over by the local music industry. Um, people that we were working with uh people made bad decisions on our behalf um mm -hmm. and we were dumb kids you know i was i was yep I think, I think i was 18 or 19 when i was when i was told by these by these music industry millionaires that they were going to make me the next rock star and and my mind was blown and i was convinced that that was that was what was going to happen and then you know I don't know how many months later, how many months it took for the whole thing to fall apart maybe six months total yeah but uh um yeah, the deal ended up falling through. Uh, they ended up dropping us, and the next thing we know, uh, Limp Biscuit are on the radio yeah. because uh, um, that same A and R guy who um, ref who the A and R guy who came from Interscope to see us and then passed on us uh, went and signed Limp Biscuit, and then um, there was a big news story about how uh, to get Limp Biscuit played on the radio. He bought ad time. He was like one of the first people to do this. He bought ad time on radio stations in LA and K Rock and said, instead of playing an ad, just play the Limp Bizkit song. Yeah. <clears throat> Dirty radio. Yeah. That could have been us. That should have been us. <laughs> uh, I, I should have been Fred Durst. I should have been one half of Fred Durst, at least. <laughs> you know, Bill, Bill would have been the other half, but um, 
no, Fred Durst got to be Fred Durst instead, and I'm and I'm in my basement with my podcast, and that's life, and I'm good. I'm good. Well, <laughs> you know what? With every one limp biscuit, I mean, there's a hundred bands that try to get that limp biscuit crown. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. There's there's a lot of bands, but the regrets are. Um, you can't you can't look back on regrets as a twenty year old. Oh, you know you can't you got to go. Oh yeah, you know I've made fuck. I've been making mistakes my whole life. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and you know I regret lots of stuff too when it comes to certain things with certain people in bands and why I could have and should have and all this and other good stuff. But it, yeah, it's it's about who you are now and what you learned from being yeah. that person years ago because yeah. You can't, yeah. You can't look back on it and go, yeah, I could have done or I should have done. That's really easy to do. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, but, no, I, I, I like the, I like the opportunity to express it. Uh, that's yeah, like, that's true. Yeah, and it's yeah, that's it's it's good to know that you've put it into perspective because you know, right. yeah, you know, losing your parents at such you, you how old were you? Uh, I was uh, I was sixteen when my dad passed. I was it was ten months later when my mom passed. I was seventeen. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that was the, you know, that was the moment that I, that I started being in bands. Like I, mm -hmm. that, that was who I was at the, in that moment. I was the, I was the kid who just lost both his mom and his dad in, in a 10 month time period. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was completely rudderless in life, you know, mm -hmm. and um, this group, these people gave me my new direction, my complete life direction, you know, like, yeah. like everything, by this is it now um mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um and that that's kind of what i like like at 18 to like like yeah like i didn't have any guidance uh, except for my group of friends right like i was yeah. kind of like like a like a lone wolf cub and who got adopted by a pack mm -hmm. and uh thank god maybe you know who knows if i would have survived without him but uh <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, it's pretty heavy when I think about it now. Like um, when I, you know, if I was looking at some eighteen-year-old kid who wasn't me now uh, in those circumstances, uh, yeah, it's heavier than I than I probably realized what I was going through it at the time. Yeah, yeah, because I guess in being young, you kind of try to try to put things in different compartments as opposed to being an adult and really trying to process stuff. You know, like I agree, yeah. it's uh, you know, and losing losing a family member. You know, I've lost my brother, um, mm -hmm. but it's it's it's. Um, it's something that you, as an older person, it actually, it seems easier to kind of deal with, you know? Well, maybe, maybe, maybe I, you understand it a little better. I think, you, yeah. you know, life does that to you. Life forces you to understand it, uh, or to come to some kind of terms with it, mm -hmm. uh, which maybe, maybe when you're young, you haven't had a chance to do that yet. I, I don't know. Uh, I remember when I was young and people would, people would, you know, be, people would react with like sh surprise and shock when, when they would find out about my parents. And, and there was, there was always a part of me that of course enjoyed a little bit of attention because I never got any, but, but then there was also a part of me that was just like, no, it's like, not like, it's just my life. Like it's, I don't know any other life. Like, yeah. I don't know what life is like without this happening. Right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you're looking at me like, Oh my God, how do you handle it? And I'm like, I don't know. This is just my life. Like yeah. what, like what, I, like what else is there? I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Right, like, yeah. Um, it prepares you for life. That's for sure. You know, I, I, mean? I don't know. I don't know. I wish it did. Honestly, I, <laughs> I think about the, the twenty years after that. Uh, yeah, I don't feel like I don't feel like I was prepared. But yeah, um, 
Yeah, well, you know, that's it's it's a very sad thing. But when someone does that stupid your mom joke, you you got a good you come back, you know what I mean? Yeah, Great. yeah. And I I use that on a few people like don't even doubt that <laughs> that's that's who I that's who I was at 18. I was like when somebody gave me that opportunity, I whipped that out fast. Yeah. Like I was I was yeah, uh, I enjoyed that a little too much. Yeah. <laughs> Well, did you ever hear the Jason King episode? That was on. It was a couple of years ago. Uh, a little bit. A little bit. Uh, yeah. yeah, I touched. I checked in with it. Yeah. Yeah, he's. Uh, yeah, because you guys played in the. That was your early, early band, right? That was. Like, yeah, Voodoo, Voodoo Chicken was was my my first band. Yeah, uh, Jay Jay played bass in that band. Jay and I were really close. Jay was one of my closest friends in music mm-hmm. back then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and at Voodoo Chicken, I was I think the third singer. Um, they were they were just trying to hold it together and you know they needed a they needed a front man and i i had done guest vocals with them on one song they did uh they did uh, uh she watched channel zero by public enemy mm-hmm. and, and mark mark uh had trouble with it he he struggled uh rapping he um didn't have the rhythm uh mm-hmm. to do the rap song so he asked me to come and do the rap song because he knew i was a rap fan um i'd never done it before but uh jesus it was like heroin like the first time i did it i remember like uh was that your first first, your... first band like first first band yeah yeah wow. yeah my first my first time on stage uh was with voodoo chicken covering she watched channel zero by public enemy in a polish hall in oshawa like just one of those f- good old days f- like frothing mosh pits uh full <laughs> of kids um and just going nuts and just like never having that experience before and that that was my first experience it was like heroin it was yeah. I was addicted right away. And as soon as I came off the stage, I got people that I really look up to. Like, I think I'm pretty sure Gary Begner was there, like just telling me how great I was and that he wants to like produce me. And like, like ah! <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was crazy. And then, and that, that's, you know, obviously why that became my new life, you know, at, at age 18, uh, in mourning, uh, <laughs> it was, uh, it was, it was crazy. Um, yeah. No, do you miss Oshawa much? Like that that scene in I'm Oshawa. Here. You're in Oshawa. I thought you were in Toronto. Yeah. No, I moved back to Oshawa a few years ago uh, with my with my current wife. Is it <laughs> is it a, it's different now, man? Like the atria is uh, yeah. still there and hanging on, but yeah. I, that place is. I think it's going to fall apart. Like if there's if, this new there's this new place, the music hall. I don't know. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm doing a Lois of the Low show there on the 20th yeah. of June. Ooh, there's a plug. Uh, Shameless promotion. Great... <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that place has great promise. Yeah. I see a lot of good shows there, and uh, I hear a lot of great things. What was that place before? Uh, I think it was Siren. Oh, right, right, right. That, that big nightclub. Like, I remember it from back in the day. It was a movie theater. It was the Odeon. Um, oh, man, it was where I saw Gary Coleman on the right track. Oh. <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is a deep, deep, deep cut. That is. <laughs> well, where was a place like the Killer Dwarves would play? Was that, was that the... Uh, that was still on King Street, right? That place, was it? Where they... I, I don't know. The larger it was a larger venue. Mm. I would have thought they. I would have thought they played at the Civic. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Civic Auditorium. Yeah. 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 Civic Center. Yeah. I mean, I thought there was a theater. There was a live venue on. This is like going back to my. Yeah. Uh. You, yeah. South Oshawa. You're talking about I like around the Moon Room area. Yeah. I think so. I th- the, the Moon Room was a live venue back in the '60s. My dad used to play there in bands in the what? '60s. Really? Oh my god. Yeah. 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 Uh, my dad was like a famous local musician. Uh, he uh, he like opened for like uh, Little Eva when she toured here, and uh, he opened for Roy Orbison here. 
and he toured with Robbie Robertson. Wow. And uh, he was like, he was the first me. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Moon Room in, in, is such a kind of important um, yeah. facet in the Asha music scene for sure, because for it was group, where yeah. bands would come from out of town in in my era anyways and and yep. and it would be a really neat place because they had Carrie and Jay working there and it was just this it's yep. so fresh and awesome like and yep. in like the the eclipse room and yeah that that's a big big part of of my early life yeah it was great it was a great playground for us when we were young it was like um a, a rock bar that did all ages shows it was it was everything you wanted uh, for us back in the day because we could have shows for like 15 year old kids and we could have drinking shows. Um, and Carrie uh, was such an enthusiastic owner and promoter. She loved it. She just loved the bands that she booked. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, it was just a very uh, loving environment for music. And there were so many amazing shows there. Bad, Bad Blood opened for Fishbone there. Oh, really? Uh, that, oh, wow. Yeah, that was, that was one of the most fun nights. <laughs> that was, I think I was away at that point. I, would, I moved out to Winnipeg for a while. And uh, I think the last night I spent before I went to Winnipeg was at your place, your apartment, before I... Oh, yeah. Because I'd quit Trigger Happy, and it was all sort of, okay, that's, good, that's okay. And HQ. then... HQ. Was that? Yeah, HQ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I remember uh, Al getting really mad at me, like, you know what I mean? Because he felt I was abandoning him, but it was like... No, I'm just gonna get out of town, man. <laughs> and I moved to Winnipeg, and and then sort of like, I think it was like two years had gone by, and when I came back, it was a, oh, it's kind of a different scene then too. Like maybe I don't even remember if it was even better, but uh, yeah, because a lot of water had gone under the bridge at that point too. And when you're talking about yeah. being on the outs with old, I remember, I remember you were on the outs for a while. I remember yeah. you were. You were the pariah for a few minutes there because you <laughs> you ran afoul of the wrong important person who who I have been afoul of for the last decade and shall go unnamed. But yeah, I, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I know you understand that uh, what that's like. But it's life is too short to really worry about old luggage. You know. Yeah. You know. And yeah, except except that some people are still carrying that luggage, and when you bump into them on Queen Street, um, <laughs> you're yeah. like, oh, that. You're still carrying that luggage. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it hurts. That <laughs> yeah. stress is just unwanted and unneeded. I mean, yeah. so in it, it's being comfortable with who you are as a person, I, you know, and I, I've always tried to maintain some sort of like control with anger right. and things like that. And, you know, yeah. Have you, I've ever, always, I've always thought that you were that you were like above it or site or you were like slightly separate from all the, even though some people got mad at you, <laughs> you never see you never seem to react you never seem to be like uh antagonistic in any of the the shit that you got sucked into because i'm a little guy well i'm not yeah. so little anymore but i was a little guy it was tough to sort of go oh yeah what are you gonna do yeah <laughs> so anyway i think i cut you off you were gonna ask me a question there I'm oh sorry. no but i mean i can't remember anymore but okay. uh did so yeah i mean so moving moving out of Oshawa and coming back is uh is like did you feel a homecoming or is it is there do you still um, relatives? It's weird. And, yeah, it's, it's weird. Um, I am I am two blocks from that apartment that you oh, just wow. uh, were discussing. Yeah, like I can walk I can walk there right now. I'll, I'll get there in less than five minutes. Um, and um, yeah, growing up, uh, you know what? There's a lot of things. When I was a kid, I was I was gonna leave Oshawa. I was never gonna come back. I was never gonna I was never gonna be a musician. I was never gonna drink. I was never gonna touch drugs. Uh, you know, there was. I, I am a complete betrayal of my childhood. 
aspirations at this point. Um, my whole family has moved out of Oshawa. I'm the last one here. That's the that's the worst thing. Is like I like I was always the one who hated Oshawa, and now, and everybody was like, "What's your problem?" And now I'm the last one here. <laughs> um, but no, practically, I you know I can't say that you know I know it's just geography. It does it's it's just a place. It doesn't have like a curse or a, yeah. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't have like a dark vortex of sorrow uh, beneath it, like I've always believed. But um, uh, yeah, no, it wasn't my plan. But you know, like, like life life does not go according to your plan, and you got to be okay with that. So um, I was out in Waterloo for a while. I went I went to college in my in my late thirties. I I basically I had a job driving a forklift that I couldn't leave for like 14 years because they kept giving me raises every year. Mm -hmm. um, and then I lost it. So um, I ended up having to go to college to, to get back into the job market uh, in a, in a decent way. Um, so uh, greatest thing I ever did went to college in my late thirties uh, because I, I missed all that when I was a kid. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. I went, I went right from high school into working because I was an orphan and I was supporting myself. Um, so, uh, excited to finally go to college. I've always been like a smart guy. I've always enjoyed school. I've always like been turned on mentally stimulated by, uh, that kind of thing. And I loved it. It's the greatest, greatest time of my life, uh, college in my late thirties. Um, and, uh, so anyway, after college, I uh, got my IT diploma and, uh, ended up going out to Waterloo to work at Blackberry, uh, at Ooh, RIM when, yeah. when they were still when they were still rim and um that was amazing like working there is like working at a, a place on tv like a fortune 500 tech company yeah. uh like i was i was in one of their towers and like it's just amazing the shit they have there uh i was in a meditation group every wednesday at lunch i would go to a boardroom with like all these like super rich executives and we would meditate through our lunch together it was awesome wow it was it was a great like forward thinking place it was yeah. like it was just a, you felt energized there um, but, uh, I was there for 10 months before they outsourced my entire department because the whole place was going under basically. Cause the iPhone, uh, yeah, the, yeah, the black, the, the phone, the Blackberry phones were completely failing in the market. Yeah. Uh, they, they had completely lost their market share and they, they were desperate to make a profit and, and it wasn't happening. And they were about to launch their big, their big last hope was their iPhone 10 launch, which was supposed to update their phones. Uh, to the same level as uh, Android and Apple, and um, people didn't care. People didn't want it, and uh, and the profits never came back. So they ended up just keep slashing and slashing and slashing the company down to like its core business of like uh, I think they just do like uh, software now, but mm -hmm. mostly anyway. Um, so my job there lasted ten months, and I ended up coming back to Toronto for a job there for a while, and then uh, um, I started working remotely. So it didn't matter where I lived anymore. And then my wife got a job in Oshawa or got a job offer in Oshawa. Mm -hmm. And she was like, what do you think about moving back there? And I was like, well, you know, I don't really go out anymore. I just work from home. I, I live this really, really chill, like pothead life where I just, you know, I enjoy my TV shows and my movies and my work. I work at night and I don't see anybody ever. Like, like, how am I going to tell her we got to live in a certain place or we can't live in a certain place when yeah. she wants to do, she wants to just be close to her family and go, she has this job opportunity. So, um, so we ended up coming back and, uh, staying back. And now we have a son who's, uh, he's, uh, 14 months old and, um, you know, we really depend on our family who are all around us. Uh, yeah. Sounds like it all worked Perfect. out. It worked out great, right? Because just yeah. having that family support of someone just to, just to have sanity, you know, and someone Crucial. who's, you know, someone who's 
had perspective of having children and that's in your family that you could say, can you please come over? Cause we need to go out and have coffee or do yes. something that's not completely surrounded by being, you know, a parent. Sometimes you gotta, yes. yeah, yeah. You gotta find your, find your, you know, my kids are considerably older. So I had kids, like, right. mine's 16. My son's driving. Um, yeah. Yeah. My daughter's 12 and uh, it's insane. I, I know it's insane, man. Like, yeah, Amy, you're gonna really, yeah, because you're there now, man. You're, you're, is, is, um, is, are they sleeping? Like, are you, are you having like all night, night terrors? And, um, he's not sleeping. He's, uh, he's, his, his molars are starting to come in. Uh, yeah. so, um, he's, he's waking up like every five minutes for the last like week. Uh, he's waking up in pain, crying every five minutes. So, mom isn't getting any sleep i'm of course downstairs working all night while this is happening upstairs yeah. and i'm just i'm i'm hearing it i'm hearing every five minutes there's crying and mom waking up and, yeah. and yeah. handling it and i'm feeling sorry for her most of the time and yeah not much yeah. i can do i can't leave my desk much but um, right right so it so so how how do you um are you in like a network of it people or are you freelance how do how do you how does one go out i work i work for a company uh yeah. i my company is is a networking company. So uh, what we do is we manage um, businesses networks. Basically, uh, one of our clients is Mercedes Benz. So we manage, we monitor and manage the network at every Mercedes Benz dealership in North America. So uh, you know if their network goes down for some reason, I get an alarm and I have to remotely troubleshoot what's wrong with their network and. You know, perhaps I'll have to call their ISP or perhaps I'll have to uh, direct a technician on site to troubleshoot the problem or stuff like that. But it's all remote work and it's all from my desk here. Um, and uh, I've been doing it for like eight years now. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's cool. It's a it's a it's a very isolated job, which is uh, which I'm pretty cool with. I've, I've always been kind of cool being alone. It's alone with my thoughts. Um uh, you know, I thought about getting into truck driving. Uh, uh, yeah, that's don't do that. That's yeah, a, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. A I think lonely, I made the right lonely life. Yeah, yeah. I think I made the right choice here. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, that's what I do, and uh, it 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 provides me with a lot of uh, freedom because I work from home, right? So I'm mm -hmm. always here in the house, and here in my office, like I turn my chair around and I'm in my band's rehearsal space. I turn my chair around and I'm in my podcasting space, <laughs> right? And it's like that's my commute, right? It's, yeah. It's fun. Oh, that's yeah. That is to me the dream is because I still drive to work. I have to drive like 35, 40 minutes, which is closer uh, to my old job. My old yeah. job was like almost an hour. So to yeah. be able to 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 bike, but ride a ten speed to work is my ultimate dream. Cause then, then somehow it's like, yeah, I spent a lot of time in the car, dude, you know, dude, I did that in Waterloo at rim and it was the greatest dude. Yeah. I rode my mountain, my mountain bike and, um, through the countryside, it's all like beautiful countryside in Waterloo. Mm -hmm. right? And they have, they even have like, like, uh, Mennonite roads, uh, for the, for the, for their horses and buggies Yeah, everywhere. Um, but yeah, that was the dream, man. I felt like I like this is it. Like I'm like I'm living my Instagram life right now. <laughs> I'm riding. I'm riding my bicycle to my job at my Fortune 500 company. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You hear all this nice music in your head as you're riding. Like, yeah, yeah. hello, waving at people. As you're stop and take a picture of the sunset on the way home. Yeah. Like oh. whole deal. The whole deal. The whole yeah. deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I, you know, I got a little bit into computers, and I've been. I have like a bunch of them around me, but. Um, I, f I always I found excited like part of me loved taking them apart 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's a whole yeah. other story of my life is I ended up You're selling. You're technical. Yeah, I got right? really into it for a long time. And I, I'd sell like one computer a week on eBay. And I owned between like two years, I, I think I owned about a hundred computers that I would wow. fix up and sell. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Every week I'd sell like, and there was a certain like MacBook that I would buy that I could fix. Right. And so then, you're a real, you're a real technician. See, with, the term IT is too broad, right? Like, I could, when I call myself an IT guy, I could be insulting guys like you who are like, <laughs> like real no. technicians. Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. So did you ever? So you do a lot of Linux-based stuff then? It's kind of, is it? Uh, no, not no. Uh, it's networking protocols. I deal with routers. Like, right, okay. uh, so, yeah, networking protocols is all I'm trained in. I'm not trained in any useful coding language, just like routing shit. Yeah, my my wife works with Rogers, and she does a lot of. She's Cisco trained, so I guess that's right, uh, right, same right. same yeah, idea, right? Yeah, me too. Yeah, I am Cisco trained. Yeah, she builds all like the. Uh, uh, she so. builds the internet. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's basically what I'm supposed to be doing. But uh, my job ends up me being more of a night watchman kind of job than a than a builder. Uh, or repair much yeah well the faster you can fix it the better everybody looks you know what i mean like yeah yep. yeah yep. Yep. if you had something is like oh, i can't do this i can't fix it <laughs> oh all the time yeah, yeah. but i have a, i have an escalation protocol for that i just call somebody smarter in that situation <laughs> and wake them up yeah 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 so the podcast i listen yeah. to a few episodes of the podcast oh. i love that you're doing it i love really? the fact that podcasts are alive and well um i appreciate you uh doing uh -huh. it you know what i mean because uh -huh. same uh -huh. reason uh-huh you're being very kind you're being very kind no, and no. what you're not what you're what you're not saying is that my podcast sounds awful still it's brand new it's burgeoning it's just a, it's like a new baby we just we just recorded episode 10 tonight um you know it's 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 still you know it's it's weak it's a we, you know we're doing it on skype still mm -hmm. uh so it's not so it sounds janky and uh we don't we, we're not professional yet you know we don't have our, our routine down like i listen to your podcast and i'm kind of embarrassed like your <laughs> podcast is your your podcast is so slick and professional you could you could easily insert your podcast onto cbc radio right now nobody would blink <laughs> nobody would go what's going on here it would fit right in and um and it's amazing so it's even com like again like uh, like with the it thing i feel like like calling myself a podcast compared to yours is like almost insulting to you well uh, no not at all i mean but you should you should take this appear.in website into account because this is this this saves a lot because i tried skype and skype is such a pain in the ass and yeah always since 10 years it's been horrible like i yeah. tried to do there was a, a band in australia i was trying to do a skype like conference call and I'm like, why is this not working? And I had the old version of Skype because I hadn't turned it on. Uh, and, and then all of a sudden one worked and then the other didn't work. I was like, God damn it. And But this is the way to go because the way that URL works is that you just type in the last, you the appear dot in and then whatever word you want it to be. And if someone's on the other end of the universe, they can actually type the same letter in and it's connected. There's no like, like mm -hmm. you know, that. and it sounds pretty good. Like your, your yeah. mic sounds like, sounds great. Yeah. Um, yeah. See, uh, you should talk to Kevin, my partner, who is responsible for recording our show, um, <laughs> because I have tried to talk him into other other formats, other techniques of recording, but he's kind of uh, he's kind of locked into his comfy um, process. And yeah. uh, it's um, if I'm not live in the room with him, I'm not going to sound as good as him uh, the way he's he's um, kind of locked into recording us. So. Uh, we're working on that. We're actually planning a special episode where we, we, we all are going to be all in the same room. We're doing a uh, a special uh, panel for for Star Wars. Oh wow! We're calling it. I'm calling it the uh, 
the Star Wars OT OG Roundtable. So it's uh, <laughs> a, a, fans of the original trilogy who are old enough that they remember seeing the original trilogy in theaters so that they can discuss kind of, uh, you know, issues uh, kind of in that context. Um, so it's going to be, uh, it's going to be me, uh, my, obviously Kevin and, uh, Billy Gregory is going to be on it. We're going to do it in his basement in Hamilton. And then G money is going to be on it with nice. us. And, uh, I, I, I think he's going to be fun. And, uh, Kevin's, Kevin's worried. He does. He's like, he's, he's going to refer to himself in the third person. <laughs> I'm like, yes, that's why I want him. Of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and Polly, uh, so it's going to be like a like a lot the old crew from the nineties, uh, the the old nineties rappers. Uh, I like I like uh, the the idea that we're all old nineties rappers. <laughs> I don't know why it's just this this funny like angle on our podcast. I had an idea to do a podcast um, called Spoiler Alert, and it's people uh, that have never seen Star Wars because there are people out there that's yeah. never seen Star Wars, and then you watch the first five minutes of Episode Four. And go, uh, they're related. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, or that he's, he's his father. You know what I mean? So I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. we they met go, this, there was one guy who played guitar in this band that I was working for. He had never seen one Star Wars, like not one. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, God damn. And he was, he was like 21 years old, whatever. And I'm like, wow, you got to watch Star Wars. He goes, I've never seen an episode. So that's where I came up with the idea to do an episode called Spoiler Alert. And you can do it with all sorts of movies. Like, you know what I mean? Like any movie, like, jaws or or any movie that's got a twist like sixth sense how about that that'd be like the best right because or or uh what was the the others any of those m night kind of movies yeah yeah. (laughs) just tell people the twist two minutes he's a ghost he's a ghost (laughs) he's just dead people (laughs) he's a dead person yeah (laughs) Yeah. and uh yeah he's been a ghost the whole time (laughs) yeah mark Wahlberg. no no mark Wahlberg. the other Wahlberg. um it's the trees. It's the trees that are killing them. <laughs> He's a superhero. Don't tell yeah. anybody. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I mean- Obviously, he's a superhero because he's a supervillain. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's the logic of this universe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, my my everybody in my family's seen this Avengers Endgame, so I'm like, yeah, I can't. I, I saw it yesterday. There's so many I can't get caught up with it because I said, do I have to watch the other ones? And they go, yes, you do. I'm like, oh fuck, that's a lot of movies. That's a lot of movies. I don't, I don't think you have to to enjoy it. I think you'll enjoy it either way. But I, but you will not. It will not fully resonate with you, but I don't think it can. Like I, I, I keep saying, like we just reviewed like the first half of our review of it tonight because there's so much of it we have to do. Too yeah, um, yeah. Um, but I keep saying this that ninety um, percent of this film is going to go over ninety percent of people's heads, and yeah. that's what I love about it. Like I love that that this is a film that is so loaded with meaning that is just directed at the intense, intense fans. But at the same time, it's a film that anybody's going to watch and go, whoa, wow, whoa, wow, the whole yeah. time, right? So um, it's, it is it is such an epic achievement. It's it's 10 years of storytelling all culminating. Like every fucking storyline from all 23 of the previous movies is tied in wow. somehow. Like it's it's amazing. It's If you are familiar, if, if, if you have watched it all, it is such a mind-blowing experience to just constantly be called back to all of it and to see it all tied up like... I don't know, man. It's just it's it's the kind of storytelling that always goes wrong, right? Like it's landing the plane, right? Yeah. And on this level, with with all of these characters, all of this intellectual property, I mean, you have a great advantage that you're starting with the back catalog of Marvel uh, to tell your stories from, right? Uh, 
you automatically kind of have a huge advantage just right there. Just like the first four seasons of Game of Thrones had a huge advantage. Yeah, yeah. Now, did you, like, just to, to end it, like, where are they going to go now? Is there any, I guess there's lots of Marvel characters. They can just start a whole Oh, other... yeah. No, yeah. like, this, this, is the, this is how the comics have always worked. The movies have just finally achieved the business cycle that the comics have always enjoyed. Mm -hmm. This is going to be forever now. Uh, mm -hmm. Like, uh, it, uh, uh, unless there's some kind of major change, uh, some kind of major disruption, like probably technologically. But um, the comics have always done this where they have an annual edition every year where they build up to it for throughout the whole year and they tie a bunch of co comic storylines together in one comic. Mm -hmm. and, and, they, and they always make the most money off that annual every year. And they constantly make money on the way up to building up to it, right? It's this business cycle that has always worked for the comics. And I think longtime comics fans have always said, how come this isn't happening in films? You know, the audience just wasn't there. So the fact that Marvel came along and they were like, fuck it, we're just going to build the audience one movie at a time. And we're going to do it because we've been doing it in comics for 40 years and we know that it works. Yeah. Um, and they pulled it off. And it's it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, like if you have been into it, if you have been following every detail, the the extra mind blowing level of it is just it's flooring. But I think you can enjoy it without being yeah. kind of a yeah. They probably cater to the actual comic book people too, like more than oh, fully. maybe more fully. so than yeah yeah. But a... not not to the point that it'll exclude it'll exclude you from what's going on. Like like what's going on on the screen is so like oh wow 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 the whole yeah. time. It, it doesn't matter if you're not really following it. Yeah, because I haven't heard one bad review on it. I've heard everybody's like, this is the best. It's the yes, best I've yes, ever seen. Best right. movie, it's best true. version it's of it. True. Like, the best ending. Uh, it's yeah. true. Yeah. It's true. Like, it will. it's historic. It will, I think it will take down Avatar's record. Uh, it's already 1.2 billion. It's already the biggest box office weekend ever. Billion. Um, opening weekend. Yeah, 1.2 <laughs> billion. Jesus um, Christ. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be a historical... Uh, kind of film in, in that case. Mm -hmm. Now, what about, about Sir? What we're going to be talking about it for a long time. Yeah, I, no. I feel. I feel like Marvel might have a little decline now because the, all the buildup has just like been released, and they're going to have to start again. Yeah. But they, they absolutely can because the comics have always done this. There's there's plenty of more like annual storylines. Like like the Infinity War was just one of the Marvel annuals, and and they just got to pick the next Marvel annual to build up to for the next ten years. That's right, right. <clears throat> now, Star Wars. Um, yes. What do you think this episode nine is? Is it going to? Uh, is it going to? Is it going to satisfy people? Because it's no. ending. It's also ending an era too, right? It's it's finishing yeah. off the what's that? The Skywalker story, yes. basically. Yes. Um, okay. Well, I mean, let me preface anything I'm going to say here with the fact that, uh, like, there's no right or wrong. Like anybody who's a Star Wars fan is going to argue with something that I'm about to say. Like, <laughs> you know, it's all debatable. It's all opinion. Yeah. Um, but my take on it is um, that Star Wars, uh, Disney is doing an, a, a very intentional thing. Uh, they are not dividing the audience, but they are realizing that the audience must be divided because um, the new fans and the old fans want different things. Yeah. Um, uh, the old fans want the darker, grittier kind of sci-fi they want the fighting they want the the power the the force powers and the battle scenes and uh, and then there's this other audience which is like the softer audience that wants the love stories and wants the the character developments and they want the the happy message of hope and um all of that and 
and and these two crowds are not really going to fully come together um they kind of always existed i think like this is one thing we're going to talk about on the otog roundtable is is how did you feel about it back then because i remember being picked on by kids because i liked the wrong character in star wars i didn't <laughs> like the cool one i liked the uncool one yeah. you know I, or they hated the ewoks or like i remember like the fucking bad kids in the back of the arcade uh the ones who were like hanging out smoking uh uh, like complaining that Lando Calrissian that they put a black guy in Star Wars, yeah. you know, and then there was their their we had our own version of people complaining about SJWs, but there was just no internet back then. Mm. Um, and uh, I feel like Disney has done an unintentional thing. They've gone, look, we have two audiences, and we can probably have three audiences or four. We can split this up. This is such a big tent. We can have different streams and that is the plan we have two different trilogies that are being written right now one by ryan johnson and one by benioff and weiss the uh, game of thrones uh, tv showrunners mm -hmm. um and those two series like we don't know they haven't made the official announcement but we all have an impression based on these creators previous work that the benioff and weiss series is going to be the medieval fighting battling political like adult themed complicated like dense kind of series and the ryan johnson one is going to be like the happier lighter more for the kids with the happier message yeah and and the love uh you know angle um and the uh, like and the the audience is like like reacting freaking out like what are you doing you've divided us why don't you you know why aren't you getting us and then i <laughs> i think like Disney's just going, no, we're going to give you what you want. We're going to give you what you want. Yeah. And we're going to, we're going to make money off everybody and you guys can hate each other forever. We don't care. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're just going to figure out how to make the most money from you. Yeah. And um, they're making great decisions. I think uh, the, 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 the TV shows are more exciting to me right now than the films, uh, the Mandalorian TV show that's coming out uh, direct, written and directed by John Favreau um with a, a killer direct a list of directors including taiko watiti who uh the writer and director of thor ragnarok which was one of my favorite like space opera movies of mm -hmm. the last few years um and a bigger budget than game of thrones season one had uh it's going to be just the most epic thing that ever happened on tv i think and um uh, it's like 10 hours of content instead of a movie where you only get two and a half, right? Yeah, yeah. And I never watched the Rebels series. I never watched much yeah. of that. And and that to me was, I was trying to stay with like, you know, canon doesn't really matter anymore. It doesn't, you know what I mean? Like the, yeah. the course yeah. correcting that's going to happen in episode nine based on the changes from episode eight that they had sort of, there's a few little um, untruths being told or whatever. Um you know, J.J. Abrams always does great, and whatever he does is gold, and I'm really excited about it. Yeah. You know, I really did also really enjoyed, like, Rogue One. I enjoyed Solo. I liked those better because they just had, like, a, I don't know, they did, they could do whatever they want. They didn't have to sort of conform right. to a specific, right? you know, style. My opinion, Star Wars, like I, like I was saying, it's a big tent, right? Like, we can have different flavors of star wars right like we can have a series of films like solo that's just like um it's just like a nostalgia trip right and we're just filling in blanks from the old characters yeah and and we're just feeling like enjoying the feeling of familiarity of that stuff and then we can have like new groundbreaking shit like the hopefully the benioff and weiss series is going to be yeah or like or like mandalorian uh hopefully it's going to be um we can have all of that and the idea that some fans are freaking out no you can't do that no you can't do this like it's ridiculous like we can yeah. have everything and we everybody's going to have something they like at some point 
Well, I really liked Rogue One because there was not like it wasn't lovey dovey. It was like yeah. it was dark and weird. And I wonder yeah. if they had an alternate ending where they actually kissed. I, I don't know if they actually ended up doing that and yeah, then cut it out. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that um they wanted to like I like not go there. I think they wanted to intentionally keep that that note of despair there. Like yeah. these are just basically two strangers just in this situation together yeah. who are about to, who, like holding each other till they die. Yeah. I don't but Rogue One reminds me like I I loved Rogue One as well, but I was left with this feeling like like holy shit, like two and a half hours I just got introduced to like 10 characters that yeah. I loved and that I wanted more of. It's not happening. And I was like like instead of doing that, why didn't you make a 10 hour netflix series yeah with the same budget mm-hmm. but give me give me a little backstory for each of those characters like each of those wonderful characters so when they do die i've spent so much time with them mm-hmm. that like the the impact of it is so much greater on me and and they're doing that now the the, oh. the one of the new tv series that's coming out it's not rogue one because she's dead yeah but they're doing a cassian anders the 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 guy they're doing a prequel series for him oh my so, god it's going to be leading up to the events of Rogue One, yeah. and it's going to be 10, 10 hours of Cassian Ender. And so you could have any of those characters show up in that. You could even have her show up in it because she's alive at that point still. Yeah. You could, you could at least have her mentioned. Yeah. But um, uh, like, a, a, again, like the, the TV series stuff that they're, that they're going to do. Yeah. More, more exciting. Well, that movie being based on like what was what, 30 years of people going, why was it so easy to destroy a Death Star? And then they explained it in such because, simple because it was yeah. intentionally done you know and yeah. the part that it's just great. it's so good because a lot of people that does it shuts a lot of old star wars naysayers up too like here's yes. why <laughs> yes. we're gonna make a whole movie on it but you know what you're probably not aware of this but the fandom if you go on star wars twitter the fandom is so brutally divided that if you like rogue one you're put in this category now of these old guys like we're mm. considered the old guys are considered to be like the haters of the new content so we'll get blamed for like attacking rose uh rose tico uh mm-hmm. or and like and like and like uh trolling her on the internet until she quits twitter uh they'll say well that's the old guys right and i hate that because yeah. like um we get lumped in um and that's going to be something that i'm going to be talking about with the with yeah. the, the round table as well yeah. um you know what you just reminded me though uh you, remember steve you remember steve dunk you used yeah, to yeah, work, yeah 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 you guys yeah. you guys were tight right you yeah. know what he's up to these days no you don't have any idea i don't um steve dunk is um a reporter uh, our old friend steve dunk who used yeah. to work with simon um i used to have a podcast with him uh stokedertroke.com we used to have a website where we reviewed movies and tv shows like long time ago like 2009 um after that fall fell apart i kind of just got dropped out of it but steve kept going um and became a, a fandom um reporter journalist he started working for websites just writing articles um mostly about star wars and then he ended up working his way up the fandom ladder and he's now a reporter on the number one star wars fandom uh website uh <laughs> the force.net and they're a really huge website and um he like the work he does is serious journalism like he goes deep into the nitty-gritty of star wars and he does these research pieces that i can't even read because they're way too nerdy for even me they go like he's he gets obsessed with the like minor details of minor characters in minor star wars like books or comics and stuff um or he'll make like lists of like every time this happened in like like just like deep research pieces and and he's become like one of the top guys at this website they they are flying him to five different comic cons this year 
to like interview people they they like they fly him out they set him up with a pr person when he gets there who like drives him around and books all his interviews for him and makes sure he gets where he needs to be at the right time he's like an important guy in star wars in star wars journalism like steve like won't even come on my podcast because it's like it's like it's like it's it's his job and i'm asking him to do it in his free time like <laughs> like he's like become too like i didn't want to say he's too important for me because he, he would he would never but but it's like uh, it's become like a hassle for me to like ask steve to talk about star wars with me which like used to be like like the entire crux of our friendship was like <laughs> that's all we would do but now it's like oh you want to talk about star wars oh like uh... i'm like i'm like you're like you're like he's like he's like He's like seriously connected. Like he's like he books the interviews for their podcast. Their, mm-hmm. It's called the uh, the Forcecast, and he like they, they, they interview celebrities. Like he just booked Paul Rubens to be interviewed on their podcast. Oh my god! Be- because he did a voice for a droid on a on like a ride at Disney, a Star Wars ride. Yeah. Um, but that's Steve. Like he was down at Star Wars Celebration in Chicago, and he booked a panel. So he had to like he was like working for Star Wars Celebration, and it's uh, amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's really impressive, actually. If you're like, it's it's kind of nerdy, so it's like I think it flies over ninety percent of people's heads. Um, but uh, he's but like it's the true story, though. You're doing well. something that you love to do, and you're getting paid money to do it. I mean, that's an amazing uh, that's an amazing achievement, you know. And that, and that good for him because he's yeah. always been a good guy, and he's always been. Anyway, you should have him on. I, I was going to say because uh, I know you guys were tight. Uh, yeah, last I think last time I saw him was in Hamilton. I think he lived there for a while. Because he was out. You told me to say hi. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yes. I think we're Facebook friends. So I'm going to hit him up on Facebook and see what he's He's doing. He's out in. um, uh, Crap. uh, I'm blanking on the name of his town now. It's out by Sobble Beach. Um, Georgine. Oh, um, Pefferla? Not Pefferla. Northampton. Southampton. 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 Okay. It's uh, it's a beautiful little beach community. And. he works he works at uh bruce power but it's like i never hear about him talking about work <laughs> yeah about, about... just about yeah but star wars my god it's that's real... amazing well good for him yeah. it's good for him so uh yeah so your show is called too old for this podcast spelled with a two and a four the way 90s rapper spells it that's right and uh <laughs> 10 episodes i mean like it's great you know don't 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 oh, be worried man. about don't be worried about we're, the sound quality it. it doesn't no, really matter we're building it like yeah. it's, it's a work in progress right like we're up and running i'm happy we're happy we're 10, ten episodes in we beat the seven episode curse <laughs> um and um you know it won't, maybe it won't sound good until episode 100 but i'm i'm gonna be there doing it I'm, i love it i'm having so much fun yeah such a great have such a great guy to work with yeah the other idea i was gonna say you could record your own voice on something yep. and then just send them yep. the track and you can lock it up later like that's a lot of people do it that way and uh and I, I think we're about like a couple of years away where we can actually, because this sounds great. And based on four years ago, this sounds amazing. So, yeah. I mean, like, so for sure, it's going to be getting better, like, as the internet gets faster. And my wife's in charge of this new top secret project that's going to make internet like faster than USB transfer speeds and whatnot. But uh, I think you I mean like, like internet two or yeah, like something cooler, something very fast. I'll tell you off, off air, but okay, uh, okay. yeah, but it's going to be, you know, so we're going to be able to sit here in this situation where we're going to have real time conversations and it's gonna be faster than talking on our phones and, nice. and it's going to sound better and it's going to just, Oh my God. You know what you sound like? Silicon Valley. That's like the exact, that's like the exact plot of Silicon Valley. Oh, yeah. they're, they're building the newer, faster internet. If it, this is exa- an exact conversation from that show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you'll be able to sort of like <clears throat> see that drum kit back there. I'll be able to be like, one, yeah. two, three. And we'll be able to like 
just have real time conversations and jam and that's nice. and I think that's important for for us is because we're we are becoming moles. We all we're all like yeah. get a little moly where we sit in our in our little caves and make yeah. art and whatnot. And this sort of this is the best way to sort of broaden that sort of scope. Yeah. You know, and that's yeah. Important. At the same time, look look how connected we are now in ways that we wouldn't be before. Like, oh yeah. Like, I you know past generations friends like you and I who were like hung out 20 years ago and what went our separate ways we wouldn't be we wouldn't be able to catch up like this we wouldn't be able to hang out like this right it's true it's true it wouldn't happen well i see i it's yeah. easier to do it on the internet yeah well, it's great yeah well thanks man i appreciate you doing the show well thanks for having me and that was mr jeremy dove my dear friend mr jeremy dove good talks it's good talks. I, it's good to know there's somebody who knows more about movies than me, and I love talking to people about movies because I know nothing about movies. I mean, I haven't seen Avengers. I, I don't know what's going on. My son's going for the second time to see Avengers, and I still don't know. I know there's Iron Man. There's uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I know there was Ant-Man and Wasp. And I know that uh, Kate from Lost is in that. That's, that's what I was told. It's like Kate from Lost is in Ant-Man and Wasp. But, so maybe I should go watch it. Uh, I am rambling. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the show. I really appreciate you doing this every week after week after week. Um, thanks for supporting the show on Amazon. Um, thank you. You can do that by going to applelock.ca slash Amazon or applelock.ca slash Amazon. Become a patron by going to patreon.com slash applelockpod. And, uh, yeah, subscribe on iTunes. Tell your friends. Tell friends. Because friends is what makes the world go round, people. Did you know that? did and uh yeah to be continued i will i'll be bringing jeremy back from time to time because i realize he knows tons about movies and he told me the story when we finally turned off the mics he told me this amazing story and i want him to tell him on the show so maybe in a couple of months we'll bring him back and we'll talk more about what's happening with jeremy and his life and that is about it so everybody have a great week great life don't get into trouble drive smooth I'm, I'm, I'm trying out new uh, tags at the end of it. Drive smooth. Uh, be nice to people. Oh, wait, no, that's Chris Hardwick. Um, I don't know. Don't be a dick. Okay, have a good one. Bye.